Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Jesse Brown, host, will join us to discuss Canada Land. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Rocks. Well, oh, Canada. Americans are obsessed with our polite, peaceful northern neighbors. But what is it that we really know about it? Well, award-winning journalist Jesse Brown, host of the number one ranked Canadian podcast, Canada Land, would like to tell you. In his new book, The Canada Land Guide to Canada, he explores some of these interesting and uh, humorous issues. And Mr. Brown, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on The Grok Show. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, well, certainly a pleasure. Certainly an interesting, fascinating, humorous book you've written here, uh, The Canada Land Guide to Canada. I'm curious why you decided to write the book. Well, Canada is uh, celebrating its 150th birthday this summer, so we are awash in a campaign from our federal government, and it's something that Canadians uh, don't really know how to process properly, which is uh, patriotism. The great thing about Canada, maybe the thing I love about Canada more than anything else, is that we're not really into waving flags and thumping our chests and talking about what a great nation we are. I mean, the flag itself seems designed to make you feel silly for waving it. It's it's a picture of a leaf, you know? I mean, why not an acorn? Why not a pebble? So we have this uh, huge $500 million campaign to basically tell the world and ourselves the story that uh, everybody thinks is true, which is that we are a nice, gentle, kind, maybe a little bit uh, silly and benign. We apologize too much. And uh, the problem with that image is it's not really true. We have a complicated and difficult history like any country does. We have problems right now. And that uh, maple-washed kind of image of Canada is getting in the way uh, of us from doing something about it. Why do you think it is that the uh, government seems to want to promote this image or that the powers that be uh, like this view of Canada rather than perhaps the more storied history that Canada has? Well, I think it provides incredible cover for whatever you want to do. And I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, when people think of Canada, they often think of the majestic uh, wildlife, the nature, the woods, the mountains. And you think of Canadians as very outdoorsy people. And Justin Trudeau, our prime minister, talks about the environment. And you think that, you know, we're sort of a little bit more progressive on these things than other countries. The reality is that we, we uh, are ranked near the bottom of all developed countries when it comes to environmental protection, when it comes to uh, pollution. And not a lot of people in the States know about the Alberta tar sands, which is one of the dirtiest oil operations in the world where we're digging up this bitumen that is uh, the consistency of peanut butter and the uh, refinement process, both digging it up and refining it into oil, is disastrous for the atmosphere. And uh, we are going full steam ahead into that project, and we just got the approval for the Keystone Pipeline. We are uh, ignoring a lot of our Indigenous people. The the whole thing is very different, uh, our relationship with the environment, than people would think. And, you know, you talk to Canadians on the street about it, and we kind of like to wink to each other and say, you know what, it's a lot milder today, you know, uh, than it was when I was growing up. And sometimes that day happens to be in January, and we're all walking around in in a T-shirt. We kind of like climate change. 
that's that's the the dirty secret of Canadians. We and we actually stand to benefit from it in lots of ways as more and more of our land can be used for agriculture and uh, livestock, and we get access to natural gas in the Arctic, and shipping laneways open up. Uh, global warming stands to benefit Canada tremendously, but it doesn't make us a very good neighbor. And uh, we 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 like that image of being a good neighbor. Sounds like something that, that'd be good for the uh, the frozen north up there. But besides that, are there other things that drive the view of Canada as sort of being um, innocuous in a way? Well, I think the biggest uh, the biggest driver of that image is America. The, the fact that we have this neighbor that is um, just, it's almost like living in a house next door to a mansion. And the mansion has a fireworks show every night. And the guy who lives in the mansion likes to shoot off his machine gun. But he's also a brilliant genius, and he's an amazing entertainer, and he's also terribly evil, but he's also wonderful. And there's women running in and out of the mansion. If you live next to a house like that, nobody's looking at you. You can get away with anything. And if you look at everything from you know Canada's record of uh, arms dealing, our record of, uh, of genocide with our indigenous uh, population, which to this day there's just uh, hundreds of communities where there's not you can't find safe drinking water in a lot of indigenous communities. A lot of people don't know about that. There is a, uh, a dark side to Canada. There are a lot of things that have gone overlooked because we can always fall back on the same thing, which is, well, we're not as bad as the states. Well, we might not be as bad as the states in certain ways. We're also not as good as the states in other ways. So do you think that's true? I mean, how, how do you think Canada compares in some of, some of these areas, like uh, education or, or research, things like that? Well, you know, America is the, the land of the best and the worst. I think that um, the things that you do well, you do better than anybody uh, on Earth. We do have a bit of a claim to, uh, you know, a more equitable system when it comes to our education and our healthcare system. Uh, public education tends to be, uh, you know, it varies in places, but my, my kids go to public school and we're pretty happy with it. And universal healthcare, though there are all kinds of ways that people game the system and elites get better, better quality care than others. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. If you need a liver transplant, the government, you know, will, will go in the hole few hundred thousand dollars and make that happen for you. So we, we, we have some things going for us really well. But then you talk about things like innovation and research and development. We are very proud that we have a lot of incredible tech talent that comes out of Canada, and we do. There are people who were involved with eBay, people who are involved with YouTube, people who are involved with developing artificial intelligence. All of the major dot-coms uh, have some Canadian connection, or at least most of them do, and some of the founders are Canadian. And we, every year, are graduating engineering students who uh, are some of the most talented computer programmers out there. The problem is, they don't stick around. We, we are like uh, a banana republic, you know? Like we, we, we create tech talent the way that the Dominican Republic creates baseball players. But, uh, you know, they don't, they don't stick around and make those companies here. So we have a real, a real industrial innovation problem. Our economy is still very much tied up with fossil fuels and uh, lumber, and, uh, you know, financial services and things like that. We, we, we don't have an innovative economy here. Do, do you see any of that changing? I mean, with, with the current uh, administration here, there's all these, this talk of, uh, well, let's go to Canada. <laughs> do you, does, does Canada want us? Well, you know, during uh, your last uh, election, we kept hearing all these celebrities say, you know, if Trump wins, we're going to move to Canada. And now, you know, I can't go to the grocery store without running into Lena Dunham and Alec Baldwin. You know, we're just, uh, all these celebrities came crowding in and it's, no, none of them came here. They, were, they weren't serious. You know, it's, it's not so great. Like, a lot of Canadians like it when Americans talk about Canada as being this great place they're going to escape to. But, you know, being used as a rhetorical tool for, Canadian, for Americans, uh, you know, who don't really know what Canada is and assume that they could just move here if they wanted to. Well, 
you can't just move here if you want to. Like, it's like any country. you got to apply for citizenship. And anyhow, they're not serious about it to begin with. Canada is really a, a unique place since that it, it has a region, Quebec. You know, it's it's just a complete anomaly in North America. Quebec uh, doesn't fit in in Canada. It doesn't fit in, you know, it's amazing. You go to Quebec and you feel like you are on another continent. It's, uh, you know, quite a bit of a European influence. But uh, this country has uh, roots that go back, uh, that province rather has roots that go back uh, before Canada existed, uh, when it was New France. There is a distinct culture there that uh, does not want to participate with the way that uh, other cities want to have their economies working, have their culture kind of unified. And you can kind of resist it and resent them for it, but eventually you got to kind of hand it to them. They really have created something there that is absolutely unique. And they have a cuisine, and they, they have a whole celebrity system. They've got a whole media that's totally separate, separate from France, and it's separate from Canada, it's separate from America. Uh, the food's fantastic. And the whole place is falling apart. The infrastructure is terrible. There's, uh, you know, all kinds of problems within. They've got, you know, sort of nationalistic ethnic issues. Uh, it's a, you know, not an easy place for newcomers, not an easy place for immigrants. Or, you know, I lived there for 10 years. If you speak English and English alone, you'll get a lot of dirty looks. So it's, uh, it's a difficult place, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's uh, something that we have that nobody else has. How really do you think Canadians uh, differ, I mean, in terms of behavior, or is it really that different? This is like the, the subject of uh, decades, if not centuries, of debate here. You know, trying to figure out who the heck are we? And, uh, you know, 95% of the books we read, the TV we watch, the music we listen to, it all comes from America. And we're all living near the border. All, you know, all the, every major Ameri uh, Canadian city is right by America. Uh, you know, it's really cold, in, in, you know, if you go further north than that. So we have a huge American influence. We're much more influenced by the South, what lies to the South of us, than what lies to the East or the West of us. And you could be, uh, you know, confused as to whether you're talking to a Canadian or an American. But I still think that there are things that uh, set us apart. And I think that the fact that America asserted its independence and fought for its independence, whereas Canada asked nicely for permission, we still have a hangover of, uh, you know, we are a constitutional monarchy. We have a queen. And Canadians are much more interested in following orders and behaving nicely and being polite. We call it polite, but really it's just we don't like to rock the boat. Americans like to rock the boat. So do you think that's changing maybe more in this era of globalization? Or, or how much of a national identity is there among Canadians? You know, I, I, I think that we, we have tried to build, we've tried to kind of contrive a national identity around, uh, you know, after Pierre Trudeau, it was, you know, let's not just be this country of lumberjacks and, and people who are pillaging and plundering the natural resources. Let's not just be this uh, colony of Britain. Let's create this new idea that we are this uh, diverse paradise and that we are this uh, very progressive country. We're peacekeepers. We're good neighbors. And that was a really, you know, it was a successful PR campaign and everybody bought into it. And it's what we teach our kids in school. I would like to uh, suggest that a real identity, a substantive identity that's not a PR campaign has to come from actually looking at your problems, having, you know, to look deep in the, in the mirror and say, you know what, the Underground Railroad was great, but we actually had slavery here in Canada. And the, uh, the cultural genocide and sometimes uh, physical genocide of Indigenous Canadians is, is still in place uh, in certain ways when you look at communities where they don't have drinkable water. And uh, there's vast inequality. And, and, you know, we like to say that, you know, we'll take in all the refugees that Trump doesn't want. But you know, we're not taking in that many, and we're not taking in any more than we were before Trump. So uh, if we actually contend with our history and take a real hard look at ourselves, then we might have an identity that's based on something real. 
for most people who think about Canada as sort of U.S. North, what, what would you have them gain a deeper understanding of, of our neighbor to the north here? Well, that's what we wrote this book for. We, this book is a book about Canada written for Americans, where if you want to look a little bit past that, uh, that easy image of just nice, nice, boring Canadians, you'll find scandals and, and crazy stories from the past of Canada and things you don't know about the people who run Canada. You know, in America, you've got really flashy, rich people. You're billionaires. They run for president. They go on television. They're philanthropists. We have secret billionaires here in Canada. We have families that are extraordinarily wealthy who keep a very low profile. And we, we, uh, we sort of take a really close look at them and we expose some of the stuff they're up to in this book. We talk about weird hangover laws. Like it's, it's illegal to startle the queen in Canada. You can go to jail for 14 years if you surprise the queen. So uh, I would suggest, uh, you know, go to Amazon and have a look at, uh, at uh, the Canada Land Guide to Canada. Again, the book, The Canada Land Guide to Canada. And uh, I guess I want to thank you very much, uh, Mr. Jesse Brown. Uh, Mr. Brown, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, it was a real pleasure. That was fun. Thank you. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.